This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the Aiki Dojo podcast. I am David Ito, Chief Instructor of the Aikido Center of Los Angeles, and with me is... Bill D'Angelo, also from the Aikido Center of Los Angeles. Our topic today, which is uh, Aikido in the 21st century. Oh, So we're, we're, we're talking about Aikido now, and in, this, in our time era, but also, you know, in the very beginning of the year, like, what's, what's on your mind and our mind about what's changed, what's happening in Aikido in the 21st century. Because I know, like, you've been doing Aikido for 34 years. I've been doing it for 30. So we we straddle the century change. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I started in 94, um, and that means you started in 90. I did start in 90. So we were both uh, a good chunk of time before the 21st century. Before the Internet. That may be the more important distinction is that we started before there was really any internet. I mean, there was like, there were like, what are those? They were um, uh, listserv groups or for. Yeah, listserv. There were um, Yahoo groups. Right. There were, yeah. Totally different <clears throat> than today where you have social media. But that, I guess, was kind of like the, the start of social media, right? In a, in a way, not people don't think of it that way, but in some sense, it was social media. People were. Yeah, AOL chat. AOL, <laughs> AOL chat. I know some people that still have AOL emails. I did, and I still do. I just can't Don't remember the it. password anymore. Yeah. It's, still, it's still alive. I wish I could remember the password because there's all these emails between with with me and Free Sensei. Oh, wow. But I don't know what the password is. and I, You know, I think AOL is owned. I think the, the, the database is owned by a new company. We could probably find out and, and get you hooked back up. <clears throat> Maybe. We'll see. But. So did, did, what, what strikes you as the, as the biggest change between the 20th and the 21st century? I mean, obviously the Internet has had a huge effect, social media. Um, but how, how, have, how have these technological and time changes uh, affected Aikido from your perspective? I think the biggest pers- thing that's changed is the student's tolerance for suffering. Oh, wow. People were just they, – they, they tolerate pain more. Not, not, not pain. It's just that – Prior to the internet, the you're the biggest thing that you staved off is boredom, right? And so when you wanted to learn about Aikido, you had to go buy a twelve ninety five book right. at the bookstore or check something out from the library, or and, come to class, or come to class. But you know, but you had to spend your time reading this book. Today you have the internet, and if you have a a question, you you know you type it into YouTube. Yeah, you type it into YouTube into Google, and then or or chat gpt and then that 
thing answers your question. So are people, as Aikido consumers, are they more sophisticated users of Aikido because of the availability of technology? From your perspective as a teacher, do people come to Aikido? Is, does the technology and the data help people have a sense of what to expect, what to experience, or is it worse? No, it's the tolerance of boredom. Tolerance of uncomfortableness of boredom that the people, you know, prior to, let's see, I think you people really started to do um, internet stuff in like 98? Yeah, so 2001 96? was the big crash. No, I mean, when, when Yahoo came out. Right. It was in the 90s. Yeah. And then, you know, you had you would get those discs for Yahoo and AOL and <laughs> what was the other one? There's a third one. Pro, sorry, the P. Pro, Protege? Pro, prodigy. 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 And so, but prior to that time, right, you had to spend time in boredom. You go, hey, you know, um, what, 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 how do you spell O-sensei's name? How do you spell Morihe Weishiba? How do you pronounce Morihe Weishibu, as some people t say? And then you had to go down, look it up on, in the dictionary or the encyclopedia, and oh, right. that, and then if 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 Osensei wasn't a prolific enough person, he's not even in the encyclopedia. Right. Right. So today, the the smallest, most insignificant martial arts teacher has a presence. Has a presence on the internet. And then you could find that person who's like, yes, I'm Shodan and I teach Aikido. And then that person has a profile. Prior to that time, you know, John Smith, Shihan, or Sensei, they had no, they, were, they weren't an encyclopedia. They didn't even know who they were. So there's, because there's like a, a wide difference of the Aikido or any martial art that's on the internet, do you think people who start Aikido have a better or a worse understanding? I mean, do they have a less of an empty mind, less of an open mind? Do people come with, you know, um, judgments about what they think it's going to be like, and then they're disappointed when it's not? Uh, I mean, does, does the, all this tech, all this content that's out there, people teaching class, seminars, old seminars which have been downloaded, um, is that a? Do you think that's a net positive for the student, or is it an? Is it was the old way without us going like, oh, it's always better in the olden times? But do you see a difference? Well, the thing is, it's all deception, or deception. It's all, I don't know, this thing where you think this, you think you know, right? So think about this idea in like let's say 1995, okay. and you wanted to learn Aikido. Right, there was no resource other than books. Right, YouTube wasn't really a big There's thing. There's some VHS. Well, I mean, and VHS, but I mean, where, but then the point, the point I'm making is that where did you get this knowledge from? Magazines. Right, magazines were huge. Right, magazines were a huge thing. Where if you want to know about Aikido people, you saw that on the cover of Black Belt magazine or something like that. Yukio Utada or someone like that was featured on the cover, and you bought it and went home and you poured through it. Or Black Belt Magazine had a 25th anniversary issue of Osensei, and then you you know all these articles and pictures of Osensei, and then you cut them out and you put them on your wall and all stuff. Like I remember being <clears throat> a huge consumer of Black Belt Magazine. Yeah, yeah, all the time. And then th all those different black um, martial arts type magazines. Right. There were then there was also there were two Aikido ones, right? There was Aikido Today, which was American, right? And there was the Aikido Journal, which Aikido was Journal. sort of Asian. 
But there, I mean, there were tons, but the whole point is that prior to the internet, in the encyclopedia, maybe yeah. Osensei would have a, you know, a little little thing. I in remember, there. and I know Sensei's book was there, but I remember when the Bodhi Tree, the bookstore in uh, West Hollywood that was on Melrose. I remember I would go every month to get my stack of Aikido Today and Aikido Journal and Black Belt, and uh, of course there were also there was a whole martial arts section at the Bodhi Tree. Which, I mean, I look now like at my bookshelf at home, I've got dozens and dozens of martial arts books. But you're right. It's like we, we don't use the older media as much. It's, no, it's not that the older media, but when you went to look to find resources about Aikido, like I said, in the encyclopedia, you were lucky if there was, there was a little one. passage about Morihei Weishiba who uh, started, started Aikido. Aikido. But then there was nothing else. So you had to go and use magazines as your resource. So, and then in those days, not anyone could just write for a magazine. You had to be someone. Right. You had to be a martial artist. Martial artist, well-known, somebody connected to get your article in Black Belt Magazine or Inside Kung Fu Magazine. But today, any Tom, Dick, or Harry can post something, write something, and go, oh, well, this is what... So what you're saying is like with the older technology, the the static technology, books, magazines, there was a a gatekeeper in a sense that... Credibility. Yeah, credibility. Yeah. And that, you know, if you think about your doctor, right? If COVID taught us anything, it's that the guy who flunked out of science class is just as smart as a doctor. And you go, what do you know? You're, You're not a very good doctor. Because you because you read the study on COVID nineteen and and the skunk. So do you think the internet is is actually very democratic in that sense? Um, like everyone has an opportunity. It's it's not that it's democratic. It's it's that like if we just take the medicine for okay. instance, right? If you get this uh, this disease, the doctor says this is the disease you have, and then you go home and you go, oh, that's what the doctor said. But now you go home and you research it and you come back to the doctor and you say, I, I don't have, have I, you said I have this thing, but I don't have five of these symptoms. Right. And then the doctor has to goes, well, you shouldn't be looking on WebMD for information. And I, I can't tell you how many times my doctors before the pandemic would say, don't like if you have a symptom, don't go on the Internet because you'll <clears throat> you'll ratchet to the worst well, you ratchet to the worst, but the reason why the reason why you ratchet to the worst is because you don't know how to read the information. Right, you don't have judgments. No, so like when um, my wife was pregnant for the first time, she had a miscarriage, and she had a miscarriage because of a thyroid condition that popped up. Then you didn't know about. We didn't know about. Yeah, and so we went to the do- we went to the endocrinologist that was that we were told to go to, and. At the time, I worked at this really wealthy country club, and I was and I knew all these doctors, so I was talking to this really well-known endocrinologist. So we talked about it, and he told me all these different things. And so when we went to go see this other endocrinologist- You had questions. Well, no. He sat there, and he was like, you have- He just read off a, a whole bunch of different symptoms and said, you have this thing. And then I was like, yeah, but she doesn't have five of these symptoms. Oh, well, I mean, that doesn't make- And I go- Dr. Sharp told me that. And he goes, oh, you know Dr. Sharp? And like the, com- changed the whole, it changed the whole um, dynamic dynamic and the care that he was giving us, yeah. right? But so the thing is that if you can read WebMD and understand it and then go, you don't just say like, hey, 
you know, having this freckle means I have skin cancer. Right. But you look at, because you think it's, it's all about big picture, right? WebMD gives you this one thing it could possibly be, but- There's a hundred other things. But as a physician, you have to look at the big picture, right? And so when I told this person, no, we don't, she doesn't have these, these um, symptoms. And then Dr. Sharp said it was this. He went, oh, uh, and he totally changed. And then changed everything, the treatment, the protocols, because I knew someone that was- was one of his well teachers. Known. Well known. Right? But that's the thing. So, so today, when you're reading about, you know, like some people, oh, Sensei's a fascist. Oh, Sensei's a fascist. They're they're focusing in on this one aspect of what oh, Sensei was doing in, you know, 1938 or something like that. And then they go, look, see, he's a fascist. But if you look at the big picture, they're all fascists. Right. You look at the big picture, they're at war. You look at the big picture, that's Japanese society. Right. They're not. They're not a hundred years removed from from feudalism right. at that point, right? And so fifty years maybe. Not no. Like eighteen sixty eight, I think is the when feudalism stopped. Yeah, I was thinking stopped. like nineteen thirty. Yeah, so nineteen like forty yeah. years. Yeah, forty. Years. Like so a, it's still in that generation, right? So when P today, when you read this book, read this book about Aikido, or you watch some fool's YouTube channel. And then you go, yeah, man, that's what Aikido is. That's not what it. You're not really using your brain. You're taking the headline and then re-spouting it out as your own. So, like you know, I think you're making a really interesting point, which is like, I know that you and I share videos sometimes, not a lot, but every once in a while. And I think it's interesting that um, if you've been doing Aikido for long enough, you have a different perspective in terms of what you look at. Like for me, what I find really interesting to look at is things that expand my consciousness, expand my understanding of the technique, or I have questions for you and I'm like, hey, I looked at this, I did it this way, what do you think? And you'll be like, that's really good or that's like absolutely terrible. But so I think what you're, the point you're making is is that, um, that there's no gatekeeper for information today. And no. so people that are just starting out in Aikido, they don't have the background to say, that's okay. That's a mess. This person's totally crazy. Yeah. Because there are a lot of crazy people on the internet. But that's that thing, right? Like you, you're you watching something on the internet, which may or may not be well thought out, re well researched, right. well experienced. And then you go, that's Aikido, right? And then, so what we call old Aikido and new Aikido are very different. Like we watch this video right here. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble.
with um, Shirakawa Ruji, who's very, very popular. Right, very popular. I sent this to a friend who's a Aikido teacher, very experienced, and he he texted me back something really interesting. He just said, no, it's just like world wrestling, professional wrestling. And I go, and he goes, no setups, no attacks. It's all, I mean, it's no, all technique. No, it's all, all setups, no attack. Right. And I went, you know what? You're right. It's all setups. It's all like the World Wrestling Federation. Oh. But then the thing is that Shirokawa Ruji is trying to show, demonstrate flow. Right. Right. And he's try, and that's what the stuff he's doing. But if you mistaken that for Aikido, right. right, you're getting into a situation where now, how does someone do Aikido who's 50, 60, right. 70? They're not and taking- And he's very popular right now. Yeah. And if you, but, the, but a person who's above the age of 40, they can't break fall. So if they can't break fall, they can't do Aikido. But if you also look at Shirokawaruji's movements, he is you can look. He might have sword experience, but you don't see it in the technique. You don't see it in his maai. You don't see it in his kamae or anything like that. But that's the thing is that, as we talked about in the last podcast, is Aikido relevant? Right. And because it's not used for violence anymore or self-defense for violence, then it becomes a, a form of play. And because it becomes a form of play, then you can do anything that you want. Right. You lose, you lose the context. Right. The, yeah. The context is lost. Like, you know, when there's a lot of people striking today with, right. you know, this thing, you think, dude, you can't strike like that. That's how someone in, in our dojo will, way long time ago broke her finger on someone's face because she went like that with the finger. The finger ran into the person's skull, broke, broke her finger. Yeah. Right. But like, you can't. You, you, okay, that's the thing is that Aikido in the future, Aikido in the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 28th, 30th, it all has to have a certain base. And then yeah. the things around the base have to change though. I think I think that's really true because if you if you if you do Aikido without an attack context, then the response is is like as you say, it's show. And I think that, you know, one of the reasons why Aikido gets ripped on by people that don't understand it is they look at certain demonstrations or certain experiences and that the, either the attacks are very weak or the understanding of movement and body placement is very weak. And so you have people just saying, well, oh, it, it just clearly doesn't work. And I think that's also because of the lack of context. Like people are not seeing it in context. Well, yeah, but that's the thing is that it became a form of play. Yeah. Right? Because it became a form of play on a certain level, It it play is not martial. There is right. no play in martial. So if it's there's no play in martial, how can it be, really be a martial art? And then it just becomes professional wrestling, right? And then if it becomes professional wrestling, it's lost its base of Aikido. So when you think about what... But then that brings us to the question, what is the base? Right. The Kihon Waza. Is Aikido centered around throws? Kokunage. Mm, no. See, the thing is that Iriminage, the, the, you know, the very fancy Iriminage or Kokunage, timing throws, those are supposed to be expressions of expertise. Hmm. When this person is taking Shirokawa Ruji's ukemi, they're showing their ability to, to take the ukemi. Right. Their, their ability to control their body, do all these different things. But most times, if you look at that video... The person taking the kemi is just totally relaxing, and then that Shirokawa Ruji turns him in the way he wants him, right. and then throws him the way he throws him. There's times when he throws across his shoulder, 
You never all judo. There's no throwing across the shoulder. There's throwing over the shoulder, seo nage and stuff right. like that. But there's no throwing across the shoulder like this. That's because it's too close to your neck, and that that's really really dangerous. That's why, that's why it's called koshi nage, hip throw, not right. for not uh, kata waza shoulder throw, right? Right or kubi kubi nage throwing over your neck, right? <clears throat> So that's the thing. It has to have a base. And what's that base? The base, when you start to go backwards, is centered around the sword, sword movements. Right. How your hand guards your center. If you look at the way Shirokawa Ruji's moving, and, and you know, I'm a huge fan. The way they move, man, I love it. But the thing is, he never guards his center. But also, we're also watching, you know, Embu Aikido, demonstration Aikido. Right. You know, he's demonstrating how he can flow and throw this guy around, and this guy's demonstrating how he can take the ukemi. Right. But that's the thing. To mistake that as the end-all, be-all of Aikido is a mistake. Or the standard version yeah. of, a, of a technique. It is not. What Shirokawa Ruji is doing is not standard. What Endo-sensei is doing is not standard. Right. What Kanai-sensei is doing is not standard. Those are expressions of expertise, Right. And how do you know that? Why are you sure? No, Endo Sensei is great. You know, no, you have to think about if you gave Aikido to this person who never did martial arts before, who's 50 years old, could they do any of those things? No. So then if they can't, it's not Aikido. So that so if, if that is Aikido, then what Shirokawa Ruji is doing or what Kanai Sensei is doing with his very fast-moving Koshinagi-type movements, then those are all for young people. Right. So then Aikido is just for young people? No, Aikido is not just for young people. But then Aikido becomes a, it becomes like, um, Aikido is supposed to be this vehicle, this vehicle towards self-development. So if I if I say, hey, 70-year-old guy, you got to learn breakfall because that's what this is all bent around. Look at Shirokawa Ruji. Right. Like, it, it'll never work. And it's too dangerous to teach someone like that. But that's the thing. Whatever we do in the 21st, 26th, 23rd has to always have a base, right? And then and then the things around it have to change. Is there something, <clears throat> I mean, you're saying like context, base, purpose. Is there is there any positive aspect of the way media is consumed or, or displayed now that does help on the context? It would be nice if 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 social media and videos helped grow the popularity of Aikido. It could. It could, but it doesn't. Yeah, not right now. Well, not right now. Or I don't know, maybe later. But like, what happens is that this BJJ person goes, man, Aikido's fake. Right. Or I saw this BJJ video where the person says, using concepts of Aiki in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And he's going, oh my God. But the whole point is that the people who make Aikido videos, myself included, aren't doing response, response videos. Yeah, well, BJJ doesn't work. Right. You know, and then I show all these reasons why BJJ doesn't work, right? Because on a certain level, Aikido is supposed to be more sophisticated, more civilized. And a civilized person doesn't attack others. So then because we're silent, it makes us look weak. Right. Right. And then if you look at some of these people's videos that do make videos, it's freaking horrible. A Brazilian jiu-jitsu person in... Four months could destroy a person who's been doing Aikido for oh, wow. 30 years. Yeah. Like one time I was at this seminar that I was teaching at, and I taught um, katatori, you know, lapel grab, ik, 
uh, Nikyo with Atemi. You know, I drop down, cut back, drop it into Nikyo. So, you know, I'm, I, I demonstrate the technique. I'm going around the room helping people. And I look over and I see these two six dawn Aikidoists. Getting jammed. Who are working in, 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 in a thruple with this brown belt for, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Right? And, and the kid was, maybe not brown belt, but he was a kid. Right? right. So I'm looking across the room and I watch him jam Everybody. the hell out of those two guys. They can't even g- drop him. They can't move him. They can't nikyu him. Nothing. And I go, F this. So I go over and I go, what's going on over here? All right. And at the time, I was fourth on. And I go, oh. And then, you know, I said, oh, you, you, you can resist him? And he's like, I can resist it. I go, all right, try to resist me. And then I dropped him. Yeah. And then I go, oh. Okay. I said, now you know what I'm going to do, right? Yeah. Okay, so resist. Still dropped him. And then I go, okay, now you do whatever you would do in this situation as a Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu player. And then he tried to do something. I, I still dropped him. And then I, okay, let's do it one more time. And then I, I did the atemi, and his face was kind of like, what the hell was that? Right. Because when I dropped him, he got the elbow. And then when, you know, I, I, I atemied him. And then when I dropped him, he got, I cut the arm. And then when he dropped into it, he got the elbow right. when, I, when I went to did take the Nikyo. And it, at the end, his, his face was, his eyes were big. He was like, whoa. And then I go, okay, guys, keep going. Yeah. And then I look back a little while later. He was still jamming these two sixth-degree black belt teachers in the most basic katatori, right? But the person, I mean, their katatori probably wasn't very good. But the whole point of it is that you get into the situation where people don't train hard because right. it's play. And then because they don't train hard because it's play. It doesn't work. You've been doing Aikido for 30 years and this, you know, three-month. BJJ person jams you and you just go, oh, well, you know. And then you ask them, hey, what time is BJJ class at? I better go down there. Forget that. Or, you know, but like, that's the thing is that when you think about Aikido in the 21st century and we say that it has to have this base, but the things around the base have to evolve, we're not talking about um, evolving the technique. And then by evolving the technique, we're talking about, man, you better add BJJ in here. You better add a crescent kick here. No, that's not what they're talking about, right? We're talking about how how to disseminate Aikido to the person of today, right? Right. We're not saying change Aikido into BJJ. Those are two different things, right? When I so like for instance, I, I was at this funeral just now okay. for this well known. A Japanese American person who passed away, and I was the representative of the Aikido Center of Los Angeles and Free Foundation to give uh, incense. So I sat next to the person who runs the Japanese American newspaper, the Rafa Shimpo, right in little in in Los Little-tokyo. Angeles, Little Tokyo. So before the funeral, uh, funeral, we're just talking, and then we were talking about like you know for, for him. Young people aren't reading the Japanese American newspaper anymore; only old people, and like the you know, we're at a funeral for someone who died who's no longer going to have a subscription. So we were talking about, like, you know, how to get, how to boost his readership. Right. And, you know, he's older than I am, maybe by 10 or ten or 15 years. And he was just like, it, uh, social media, I don't understand it. You know, I don't know how to do these things. We could do these things. We could do these things. But the way he was talking about social media was probably mm, 10 years old. 
The way it was 10 years no, no, no. ago. He, wait, the way he's talking about at this moment, that he's talking about the things of 10 years ago. Right, right. Right. And so I was like, well, you got to have to do this, you got to do that. And, you know, and then, but it, that it struck me that it's not that the paper has to change just like Aikido doesn't have to change, but the method and how it's delivered or how you get subscribers is different. Right. Right. So like this channel that we're on right now at this time has just over 9,000 subscribers. Right. But that doesn't mean anything. But that's the thing is that like, how are people to find this information about Aikido? Right. Originally you wanted this, the topic of this podcast to be, why do people quit Aikido? Right. But the thing is that if we just demonstrate, Talk about all the reasons why people quit. We're not help, we're not making we're the not problem better, people. right? But we really should be talking about is what do you love about Aikido, right? Because that's the thing that that people want to understand, and then that's where you that's what you want to be delivering with social media and the internet, right? So this twenty first century, it's not that Aikido itself has to change, perhaps the way it's taught has to change, but also the way in which the information is disseminated to the novice or the, has to adapt. Yeah, has to adapt. So if that person, they, they type in Aikido and the first thing they re, they watch is Aikido sucks. Or the second thing they read is Joe Rogan says Aikido's fake. Yeah, I mean, when I get a lot of exposure to, I mean, obviously I see a lot of the, the it's fake videos, but I know like people that are my friends that know I've been doing Aikido for a really long time and they might be, you know, extremely well-educated. They respond to Aikido at a different level. They all say the same thing, which you and I have talked about, which is, wow, Aikido has this incredible philosophy. Aikido has this point of view, which is really different. Um, and it, maybe that's just as a certain group of people that respond to that element of it. But I know, like, I obviously I run into people who are like, ah, Aikido's fake. But I also run into a lot of people who are like, wow, like it's got a really interesting viewpoint that right. maybe other martial arts don't have. And they are exactly what's wrong with Aikido. Your friends and those people are exactly what's wrong with Aikido. Do you know why? Why? Because they read an article in Forbes about what Aikido is, and then they go, Aikido is this. Mm -hmm. They don't have any experience of no Aikido. They just, they're just regurgitating what they read on the internet. Oh, Aikido is the art of peace. Peace is peace, and because peace is good, so we should have a lot of peace in our peace. Right. Yeah, like you... They can't, they're not, they can't live that truth. They can't live that thing that they just read about or they were just telling you, oh, Aikido is this. Right. So that's where we're getting into the situation where the knowledge of Aikido is what hurts Aikido because, because you read this book or you read this article or you did this thing, you think you know what Aikido right. is. You got to train and train and train and you go, oh, yeah. You, Aikido is about peace, but on a certain level, it's not. Right. I don't have two separated shoulders, two hyperextended elbows, right? Because from, peace. from the art of peace, right. right? And so you get into this this week where people are getting in the situation, and not just in Aikido, in all traditional arts, and almost in anything that that requires expertise, you go, um, oh, Aikido is this, right? Because you think you know, you think you know it. But you don't know it. You got to know it with your body. But doesn't that make Aikido kind of an interesting experience? Because you can you can theorize about it, you can fantasize about it, but until you like. So we had a new student today in the second class, and um, they were experienced as opposed because they were like, "We're here to watch." I'm like, "Well, you're here. Why don't you take the class?" And I'm like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah." And you see, like that. After the class was over, one of the other senior students was talking to them, and they're like, yeah, it must seem really 
confusing to not understand the context when you start. But the flip side was at least she was willing to try the experience because it is, as you say, right? I mean, you can't understand Aikido without doing right. it. But what you're talking about is that before, you know, like, um, let's say uh, Pete Holmes has this funny joke, all right, about about the Internet and cell phones and about Tom Petty. But the time between not knowing and knowing is so brief that knowing feels exactly like not knowing. So life is meaningless. I've literally been in bed in the morning alone, just like, where's Tom Petty from? This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. time to not know. Listen to me. There was a time, and I don't mean to get all Andy Rooney on ya, but there was a time that if you didn't know where Tom Petty was from, you just didn't know. And you felt that yearning and that deficit in your being. And you'd go around and ask actual people. Like, where's Tom Petty from? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And now I'm impregnated with wonder. And then they go and ask people. Until one fateful day, you see a girl wearing a Heartbreakers t-shirt. You rush up to her and you're like, hey, where's Tom Petty from? And she tells you, Florida. And a wave of endorphins and pleasure and meaning would wash over you. And you felt something. And that's how you met your wife. Do you understand? Your wedding song was Refugee. But the thing is, the, the whole point of that is that there's this there's this time where you you become okay with boredom, right? So because you're okay with boredom, because you got to go home and look it up, or you got to go buy a magazine to find out, you know, how to spell Weishiba, that you're okay with boredom. So when you start Aikido training and you don't understand the context, there's this boredom, this I don't know what's going on right. here that you're not used to because today the internet gives it to you like that. Yeah. And because it gives it to you like that, you're not comfortable or acclimatized to boredom. And so it's easy to quit. So in the old days, you were accustomed to boredom, right? And so when you started Aikido, you didn't understand the context, but you're used to not understanding. Right. You're or you're used tolerant to, of it. Yeah, you're tolerant of it. And so you're, and then by the time you kind of go, oh, well, that, I get, I guess I get what they're saying now. Like w one of the biggest things people ask me in this dojo is they go, what's the name of that technique? How do you spell it? I go, well, it is in the curriculum that, which is on the board right there. Right there. And then they go over and they go, there's seven techniques on this list. Which one is it? And then I have to go over and show them. This it's this one, and then they just go and goes. Oh, okay. They didn't write it down. They didn't take a picture of it. They just went. Oh, I know now. Right. But then that person's going to go. Well, 
you know, Sumiotoshi means corner and cornered. And then they start talking about Aikido. You go, you don't know anything about Aikido. It's funny because when um, I, I celebrated my 10th year in Aikido, mm-hmm. I was like, Sensei, Sensei, today's my 10th year, 10 year anniversary. And he just looks at me and goes, that just means you don't know nothing. Yeah. And I was like, oh. But like he put me in my place. You know? Yeah. But like that's the thing. The other day someone said, oh, it's my you know ninth anniversary. Or another person said, oh, today is my one-year Aikido anniversary. And we have to go, yay! You know, happy Aikido anniversary to you. Happy, you know, you have to sing a little song, do a little dance to make them feel good about themselves. But really... It's just like what Free Sensei said to me. That just means you don't know nothing. Yeah. And then I and one of the funny things he said afterwards, he said, "You know just enough to be completely dangerous." Yeah. And I thought, dangerous to kick and butt, you know, but he meant dangerous to yourself, Self. right? So the twenty first century is, it what it brings in is this false sense of security, this illusion that you know. Joe Rogan is talking about Aikido without ever having tried Aikido. Right. So it's like me going, well, Mexican food, you know what it tastes like, right? And then I'm telling you all about it and you go, wow, have you had many Mexican dishes? And I go, actually, I've never even had it. Yeah. But if I were to say that, wouldn't you think I was an idiot? So then when Joe Rogan is talking about all these concepts, and I do watch Joe Rogan's podcast regularly, he's talking about all these things. If he has no experience in it and he's offering his opinion, doesn't that make him an idiot? Maybe. Yeah. At least it makes the opinion not informed. Yeah, but but see, the today, people don't understand the difference between the two. An informed opinion or an uninformed opinion, right? So what Aikidoists have to do to get themselves out of the hole that they're in is they would have to make all these videos... Showing. Showing, explaining, discussing these concepts that people are misunderstanding. And then you have to have super thick skin because if you watch my videos and look at all the... The comments. comments, they're hilarious. One person just wrote F U with an exclamation, all caps exclamation point. <laughs> Another person wrote, This is a bunch of BS. Yeah. This, and they didn't say like this guy, they didn't say this guy doesn't know what he's talking they just about. Said, this is BS. They said Aikido sucks. And then, see, like, if you look at the, see, the thing is, but that's the thing, they're not even watching the video because it would be different if they, they said, this guy said that Aikido was like this, this, and this, and then just tore it up from that point of view. But they don't. So, like, for instance, someone commented on one of my my blog posts, and he, I, Americans say Aikidoist, right? It's right, they kind of you know, British people, Australians, they don't say Aikidoist, I don't think. Most people use Aikidoka. Right. Right? But... Americans say Aikido is. So someone commented on my blog post, not anything containing the blog post. He just wrote Aikido is question mark Aikidoka. And I thought, yeah, dude, whatever, man. Right. But he didn't say um, the comment that you said with this or, you know, when you said this, that you're completely uninformed. And then, you know, we had a debate about it. He just went Aikido is question mark Aikidoka. But that's the stuff that's hurting Aikido. But it seems like the thing that's like coming to my surface of my mind while you're talking about all this is one antidote to that is really hard practice. Like like you and I roughly started in the same time frame and practice was vigorous and hard. Like I, I think back in those times and like I, I were like people who are my seniors, I'd be like, 
there's no doubt these people can kick butt. And I wonder whether, you know, people that have that exposure and that training to it have a different mindset about Aikido that is not as exposed to people today for a lot of good reasons, actually. We've talked about it on other podcasts. But I wonder because there's I think there are a lot of people that that understand Aikido, or at least they know more, and they're like, yeah, no, it's if you have the right context, it, it works. That's something I think about all the time. Is Furu-sensei a better teacher than me because he built these really strong Aikidoists, right? Physically capable Aikidoists. Right. And then today I look at my own students and I'm like, where's my physically capable... Students. Yeah, where's my killers? Where are my warriors at? And I'm like... I don't know, man. It's kind of hard to say. So to think, the thing about hard practices, you're, you're get, we're getting to the situation where now we have to go, we have to, we have to go back to the de-evolved aspects of Aikido right. in order to make people do Aikido because they all think it's irrelevant and, and not effective. So now we got to like start gouging each other's eyes out, fish hooking each other, you know, ch- choking the life out of the, you know, it's like you have to do all these things. We just think those are, are those things only lead you astray. Right. Well, the thing that I think when you were talking about Aikido in the 21st century, and we talked about it before the podcast a little bit, is that Aikido today, at least I, you know, I can't speak about other Aikido schools, but this school that you lead, that you teach, like we have a really good cross-section of people, cross-section of genders, cross-section of culture, cross-section of, like, really, I think of, like, really courageous people. Like, the people that I find really courageous in our dojo that are not the teachers are students that started late in life. Like, I try to imagine, like, I'm 56. I try to imagine, what if this was my first freaking week in Aikido? Really? Like, to have that, to me, to have that kind of mindset is a warrior's mindset in a way that really impresses me. Because I try to imagine starting today. Like, that's crazy. Because that means to get the 30 years of training that I have now, I'd have to be 85. Right. And then when you were just advocating for hard training, where does that 56-year-old person fit? Fit. I mean, I think it has to be. I think it has to be modified. But I, I mean, for no. But me, in the old days, we didn't modify anything for anyone. No, right? I know. I understand. But what I'm saying, like, for me, the people that like that start today are at a whole. They're at a whole nother psychological level than if you when you start in your 20s. Because in your 20s, like, like I also like you know, I'm like a rock climber. I think I was just reading an article about rock climbers in their 20s versus mentors that are like my age and how the game changes. And what you do, the amount of risk that you're willing to tolerate, the knowledge that you have that this is risky versus when you were young, you didn't know it was risky. And I think it's very similar for Aikido. Like It is, but it is not. Yeah. So if I go free climbing and I'm 20, right, it's different when if I go free climbing and I'm 56. Yeah. If you're 56 and you go free climbing, you must know really what you're capable of. Right. Because when you push off to jump to that next rock and you don't have that lift, you're dead. Right. So Aikido doesn't have that. Right. Because Aikido doesn't have that true element of danger, then you have people walking around going, that's what, you know, that's what, that's what we're supposed to be. And then, you know, like you watch Aikido and you go, my God, man, you're 75 years old. You can't do Aikido like that. Right. 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 So like a lot of people are trying to copy Miyamoto Shihan. For one, he doesn't have to take Ukemi in the class. Right. So he can do Aikido any way he wants. But also, you as a 56-year-old person can't really emulate that Aikido. Right. Because 
Your body doesn't cooperate. Yeah, your body doesn't cooperate. And then sooner or later, you're going to get injured by doing that thing. And then you're going to be out and you think, what is this worth? You know? And so that's the thing we bring it back to this 56-year-old person who starts Aikido. I don't know what the right way is. I don't know if we should teach people hard, soft, more key exercises, less key exercises, more breathing exercises, all these different things. I don't know. The only thing I do know is that we should give people a workout. But if yeah. I were to tell my teacher, Reverend Kenshul Furia, hey, we should just give people a workout. You get slapped. <laughs> After I woke up from him punching me in the face, I'd be like, yeah, when it was, this is not the gym. Right. But the, on a certain level, Aikido is these people's gym. Right. It's That's what they do to stay in shape. Right. So that's kind of what you're saying is like for the threshold Aikido experience, at a minimum, if everyone's getting a workout, then that's a base a baseline. Yeah. Which then that's the baseline that you came to understanding as a teacher. Like you thought like this is what makes sense. It's what makes sense, but it's also what people are looking for, mm. right? Like nobody's looking to like, hey, I want to do three months of Aikido and then I'm going to do, I'm going to go into the ring. You go, ah. uh, it, it, the person who does Aikido isn't that type of person. Right. Right. But you also don't mind doing something which is exercise, fitness, but also has a martial tinge to it. Right. You don't mind that either. So- what I'm trying to give people today is that same thing. It is a workout, but it's also twinged with martial context. Martial context, right. because that's what you're you're doing, and then that's how you're developing yourself. So, simultaneously as you're developing your body, you're also developing your your mindset, mind, and your spirit. Yeah. For for the 56 year old, how do they fit in? Well, it's that's the teacher's job. Right. So if everybody in there is huffing and puffing and doing all these things, it's my job to take care of that person. Ratchet it down at that for a part well, of the class. Well, or or ratchet that person's aspect of it down, and then build that person up, and then make sure that no one's beating the crap out of them. See, in the old days, they just beat you up, and you adapted. Well, because so many people were joining Aikido, that you're like, yeah. And then the truest person to do Aikido on is a beginner, because they don't know how to they take don't know how to move. They don't know how to take Ukemi for you. And so they do all these things, and then you learn how to like throttle somebody. Right. So when I was a student, they beat up a lot of a lot of first week students, first month students, <laughs> right? But then I don't you mean know, to laugh, but I I understand. But the dojo was getting you know ten people a week to join. Right. There were a lot of people, right? And so this guy he joins, he's kind of big. You go, I want to see if I can do it to him, and then you do it, and you go, and you go, oh, oh, that's how it works, right? Yeah, okay, and then. You would say stupid stuff like, man, I can't wait till you get better because I'm going to try to break your arm, <laughs> right? And then that person quit and you're like, ah, I want them to quit anyways because right. you only wanted strong people in the dojo. So, I mean, you say like we only want strong people in the dojo, but I mean, I think one of the things you and I have both noticed is that we have a really strong female student body at the dojo right now. And and a lot of the people that join are women, the, the, the newcomers. There's a huge contingent are women. Well, that is something which is um, demonstrates the change of Aikido. When we were students, uh, we were regularly had maybe only two, 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 two to four women. Yeah, all the rest were men. So like ninety five percent were men, five percent were women. Yeah. Today, on a almost fifty fifty, close to fifty fifty, yeah. and there there are days when it's 50, the class is fifty fifty, half women, half men. Right. But the interesting thing is, I don't know if you noticed that, and I'm not sure about all dojos. In this dojo, the women train harder than the men. 
Yeah. Right. So you wonder about that shift. So if I'm like, when I was a student, one time I st- struck someone Yokomanuchi, and I stepped in with stepped in at the same time, and then we like um, clashed clashed feet, and the person stubbed their toe. He punched me in the stomach. <laughs> Today, I would not allow that. Right. I would go punch that person in the stomach, but the today we don't allow that. And so any person who was maybe smaller in stature, you know, weaker physically in those days couldn't get into Aikido. Right. Because we would just smash you on the first week. But today those people are, are getting over that hump and they're able to stay. Right. And then they show more grit and tenacity than some of these guys that are all big and buff. Like we had this karate person join. He was buffed out, totally lifts weights. He he was um, a black belt in karate and wanted to get some smoothness and in Aikido into his karate. Dude, that guy lasted like a month or two. And then he sent me a message. He said, he said, uh, I wrenched my neck rolling. I don't think I can do this. And I was like, in my mind, I'm all, man, you're a black belt in karate. Man up. Man up. And then I was just like, yeah, but that's but see like that's a thing like being being big and strong doesn't mean anything in Aikido. It's all technique, right? And so this person and he he only came to fundamentals class, which is no forward rolling, right? Right. And I wrenched my neck doing backward rolls. What? Yeah, but he was totally buffed out. Yeah, and he was a he was a current karate student, and he said, "I wrenched my neck. I can't sleep at night. I'm gonna have to quit." Like I laughed my behind off because I was just kind of like, but you're a young martial artist. You're a 25, 30 year old martial artist, karate student. That's what? Yeah. Oh my gosh. But see, but that's the thing is like when we're thinking about Aikido in the 21st century, we have to try to bring it to uh, the masses. Right. Because what's, what's getting ahead of us? Aikido negativity videos. Aikido's fake. Aikido's not effective. Aikido's this, Aikido's that. The people who make these videos, myself included, have to try to get ahead of that and show the beauty of Aikido, show the power of Aikido, and then be the the lone voice going, Aikido is effective. Aikido is real. Aikido is a martial art. And not the people that go, well, if you want, you can come down to my dojo, bring your gloves. We'll show you what Aikido, you know, like, no, not that person either, though. But just the voice. Right. In right? the wilderness. But, but the thing is about it is most Aikidoists only make personal Aikido videos, right? For their own consumption and their close friends. Most aren't making Aikido videos for the world. Right. Right. And so like this podcast is supposed to be something like that. I mean, not that some, some other martial artists would watch one whole hour of me blathering on about Aikido, but you would hope that they would. To, right. Because the thing is, if you, you're a fool, if you think... It's style versus style. It's not. It's always practitioner person, versus practitioner. Person versus person. Yeah. Practitioner versus practitioner, right? And so that person who, you know, does judo, he may not be very good, but this other person is. So which one do you, is the representation of judo? Right. But if you're, people are foolish if they think just watching one person and then making their judgment because Joe Rogan said so um, think, thinks that Aikido's fake. I mean, I, I was thinking one thing that, that that really, when we were talking about context, 
is like I love watching other sports, other martial arts, other but any physical activity. I love like trying to learn. And one of the things I've been watching lately, because my my girlfriend and partner was a dancer, is watching like ballet classes, not ballet performances. And like you see in the ballet classes, like they have all these different positions. You have to master these individual movements, which then are put together later and turn into a dance, which is even then is still a performance, right? But I think martial arts and especially Aikido is a lot like that. Like if you were to come to Aikido class and only watch the class, you're like some of that stuff you're like, I don't really understand the context for it. But then later you see like a full demonstration of it. You can see how the elements work together and that I think that like um, especially like something like ballet, which is very has a very strict heritage in terms of it's almost like a traditional martial art. Like if you study ballet in Russia or ballet in America from a traditional teacher, you're going to do exactly the same thing. But you know what's happening now? What? They're going down to the Brooklyn uh, Dance Center where they're doing their rendition of Black Swan with 14-year-olds with no, no real training. ballet cha- training. And they go, ballet sucks. Yeah. But it doesn't. No, but, but because they're looking at it from that, that context and standpoint, right. which is basically the same thing they're doing today. They're, you're watching a video made by a person who's been doing Aikido for less than 10 years, and they're saying, this is what Aikido is, so they're doing these techniques, and then the person watching it goes, Aikido sucks! Yeah. Right? They're not trying it out. They're not trying out ballet, right? They're not going and watching these girls live and die, you know, at the... The like Bolshoi. The Bolshoi Ballet. Right. The Bolshoi Ballet. Yeah. They're, they're, they're super traditional. And you watch that person move and you go, whoa. Yeah. You're watching third graders do, you know, Dancing. Black Swan and you go, then you go, ballet fucks. Right. Kill yourself. Because every person has a voice today. Right. But like, I don't, I do, I, I thought that I would hate comments that I, that they would just, to, just, just destroy be me. A downer. Oh my God. I, it makes me laugh so hard. Sometimes when I'm feeling down, I read some of the comments. And they're like, "F you, you Aikido." So I just start laughing, and I just go, "My God!" But what that's a but that's there's an element of I call it like the Reddit culture, where people like um, they just, just torch each other. Like, like there's like a torching culture. Yeah, that is in social media today, whether it's on Facebook or Reddit or YouTube. Like people almost like they enjoy the conflict and the trap. Like. It's almost like there's a more negative space in social media than a positive space. Like people aren't building each other up. They're like, "Oh my God, you bought that car. You are so freaking stupid." Like, yeah, but what what's the re- reason for that? Well, I don't know. You wonder what are Americans more happy than they were thirty years ago? Yeah. Are they less happy? I would I would posit that they are less happier than they were thirty years ago, and because you're less happier, you're more negative. Right. Right, and then you just lash out at someone. You, haven't you ever had a coworker where you and that person kind of got into it, and then the next day they came to you and they, "Hey, I was having a really bad day." Yeah, totally, absolutely. That, dude, that is the internet. I'm having a bad day, so I'm going to make other people have, have a, a bad, bad day. day. Um, there's this video that I'll put up right now that. <clears throat> One of the best ways to drain people's energy nowadays is via the internet. This woman is a astrophysicist. Actually, this is not how space works. Read a book. Now I just wait for the comments to come in. Hey, can you mansplain any louder? Yeah, sure. 
These are all different accounts that I have set up. The energy you get this way isn't quite as pure, but if you do enough of it, it'll fill you up. Shanghai sucked. Where was the Chinatown? Jason Mraz is just too weird for me. Jesus actually hates horses. Childhood obesity, LMFO. <sighs> When they call you a dumbass, you know you've got them. They called me a dumbass. Women are getting too tall. Yeah. You can drain their energy via social media without having to even be near them. That is racist. You're correct. <laughs> It is. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, they hate me. It's surprisingly simple to get total strangers completely furious with you. They should get a life. And then, but it was so funny, the things that he would say, just rile people up right, yeah. to get that energy, right? A bad attention is the same as no, uh, is, is better than no, no attention. attention. So I start something just to get that, get someone to dialogue with me. Yeah. Right. But if you went to that person's house and said, hey, why did you say that? You go, I'm sorry, sorry, Bill, I was having a bad day. Yeah. Right. And that you're just look, you're looking to, for anything to gain that attention for to start a dialogue with people. There's a there early on when I was writing my blog, I wrote something and this person went off on me in the comments about like friendships or something like yeah. that. And I said, I am really sorry that you feel that way. You know, and then I kind of, we, we, I kind of spoke about the post and then the person came back and went, I'm really sorry about that. Yeah, you're right. And then every every uh, blog post I put up, that person uh, likes it and, and shares it. It's interesting. I think that like, I think you're right. I, I think the other thing too that, you know, that you and I don't necessarily always think about as much is that the way Twitter or Facebook or any social media is constructed, it's... Um, There's more energy that gets out of it if you're agitated. Like if you're like, I have to respond to this or I have to like it or dislike it or whatever it is, but you, you, you're agitated, that creates this psychological condition where the, the network is always trying to agitate you to get you to click. And I think that it, I think there's a disproportionate amount of that that's negative. Like if you're like, oh, this makes me really happy, you might mellow out, chill, calm down. But well, if you're agitated, then you're constantly like, I'm going to flame this person or I'm going to post your thing and have other people flame you. And I, I mean, I, I, I don't really use Facebook, um, but I mean, I've seen some pretty gnarly Facebook takedowns in my time. And I think that the platforms are, they're more catered to the negative side of our personality than the positive, which I think you're kind of. Yeah, but I mean. Every time they try to, to, to pass those laws about um, internet anonymity, where you know, like, it, like every person has to be, it has to be the true you, right? It gets struck down, right? And people rally against it. Why? Because you want that anonymity to say you suck with right. impunity, that right. no one could ever come after you and say, well, "I'm sorry, what did you say?" Right. And then you go, I, 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 "I didn't, I didn't think it was a thing," uh, right? Because. We're all tough, uh, keyboard tough guys. Right. Right? If you had to really back up what you had, to, what you said. You you'd be a lot more careful yeah. what you say. What do they say? What do they say about guns? Uh, an armed society is a polite society yeah. or something like that? So, but that's the hard part, right? Like we're, you're trying to, you know, we kind of digress a little bit. We were talking about like social media a lot, but really it's like trying to understand Aikido in the 21st century. It's not Aikido itself. It is perhaps how Aikido is taught. 
but also how Aikido is viewed. Right. The perspective of Aikido. Yeah. That, you know, prior to the pandemic, I never talked about Aikido on the internet. I never went, I don't know. And no one ever talked to me about it. But now that I write a lot on the internet and I make videos and all these different things, it creates these dialogues. But I do remember, um, for instance, they telling us, like, don't go on the freaking internet. <laughs> well, there's all these reasons why you're not supposed to because you there's this, this idea that if you, I think the, the number's 500. If you watch this video 500 times, your mind can't distinguish between whether it's you or not. Really? It's, yeah. But but the whole, I don't know if it's 500, but there's this this, this idea that, um, like this, like the, the, the person said, if you've listened to this Taylor Swift song 500 times, your mind thinks that you're friends with Taylor Swift. Really? Yeah. This is why content is king. I call this a 7-Eleven principle. It takes 11 touch points for somebody to buy your shit. So this is data from Google's Zero Moments of Truth, where they research a whole bunch of people's search history. Yeah, that's scary. It takes about seven hours for you to be able to become an acquaintance with somebody from a stranger. This is Professor Dunbar. 30 hours to be casual friends, 50 hours to be friends, 300 hours to be best friends. Mate, what's your name? Henry. Henry. So Henry, who's your favorite artist on Spotify? If we were like, if I was like, put a vibe on, what would you choose? Drake. Drake, awesome. Do you reckon you listen to Drake for 300 hours in your life? Yeah. Yeah? Drake's your best friend. Listen to this. Your brain cannot tell the difference between spending 300 hours with Drake in person or through his content. Right, but the context is is, is wow. Is, is, I got to look that up. And the check rationale that out. is the same for this Aikido. Martial so arts. when I watch this video, if I'm watching this video, this Aikido video, and it's a bad Aikido video, and I'm watching it, and I'm and I get into a subconscious state, my mind cannot distinguish between it being me or not me, and then my body starts to move that way, and that's where we pick up these little nuances, and that's one little of the reasons habits. why Free Sensei did not want us to watch videos. Right. Right. But the whole thing is, is that we can make videos about why Aikido sucks, why Aikido quit, why people quit Aikido, why, why Aikido has to change. But we're only adding into the negativity of, of this of whole thing. Process, yeah. We should really make videos about what do you like about Aikido? How did Aikido benefit you? How did Aikido change your life? Right. Because that, those stories and those testimonials, that's what will get people to join Aikido. But if I make all these videos about how bad Aikido is or how Aikido needs, is broken, needs to be fixed, and you know what's crap bad about Aikido, we're basically telling people Aikido's no good. Right. So we should be making Aikido videos about why do you love Aikido? What's great about Aikido? What did you benefit from Aikido? Yeah, how does it transform how does, your life? You know, all these things, and you go, that's what I want. Oh, Aikido, I have really bad ADHD, and Aikido helped me to harness my mind and be more productive. I want that. I had really bad self-esteem and I did Aikido and it really helped my self-esteem. I want that. Right. And then people would join. Because if I told you BJJ or Aikido or swimming or yoga or Krav Maga gave you, gave you good self-esteem. You do those. You things. would do it. Yeah. Right. But if I go, well, Aikido's broken, you know, I make videos for, you know, for their clickbait and I, I how to fix Aikido because it's broken. You know, the, the 10 things that suck about Aikido, the the disadvantages of Aikido training, you're not going to join. Downer, no one's going to watch right. that. Right, because nothing's perfect. BJJ is perfect? No, right. nothing is perfect. Name the last BJJ superstar that's won an MMA UFC title. Long time. Been a while. 
right? So if 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 it was so so if it was the best, it would be the best all the time. It's the practitioner, yeah. right? But it really comes down to is we all have to change in the 21st century. Me as a teacher, I have to I have to think how do people learn? What are the context? I have to become a better teacher. Right. I have to work on my lessons plans. I got to do all these different things to become better at the craft of teaching. Right. Or I could just make a video why Aikido sucks, why Aikido's broken. Right? No. And so I have to think about like, okay, then how do people today learn? What are they what are people today looking for? And then after, you know, like we had a black belt meeting yesterday. Remember the whole thing with that dynamic that I uh, those um the outline I created for you guys all right. to try to understand how to develop Teach. your own cra- your classes. Right. Those same things. It has to be doable, right? Achievable. Achievable. It has to be um, rooted in the basics. Enjoyable. Enjo- it has to have some level of enjoyment. You have to be mindful of what you what you're doing and how you teach. All these things. Or I could just say, "This is how I learned in 1979. Do We're it. doing it that way." Right. Well. That's true. That's and that's that is one way to do it, right? But it's not adapting to the current. No, situation. you have to adapt it. Everything has to adapt. Just like I was talking to that guy from the Japanese American newspaper, Ralph Shimpo. It's like you have to adapt. So you have to ask yourself: How do people consume this this media? How do people do this stuff? How you know? And then you have to you have to try to do it the best you can. But that's the that's the definition of duality. Right, duality is trying to understand how to live in this reality, as you move towards spirituality, in the in the in this duality. But as Joseph Campbell said, doing it in the most ethical way. Right. Right. And then trying to do that, like I can make clickbait videos. I could do all these things. I could. We like one student said, if the more controversial the videos, the better they'll be. And then you also have to have you know half naked girls in there. You go, but that's not Aikido. Right. So I mean. That's the hard part is to create this this idea that we have to adapt. Everyone has to adapt. The one the you know in Buddhism they say the only constant is change. Right. Right. But you try to keep Aikido the the closest to the core as possible. But I do have a question for you. Sure. So we're talking about Aikido in the twenty first century. I think this topic came up in yesterday's instructors meeting. When we were doing Aikido when we were young, as you said, there was no there was no internet or the internet was very limited. It was not image-based. It was basically like listserv. You go, you ask a question and you get an answer. Today, in Iaido and Aikido, we have people that attend classes online, which is interesting because like I think of like my job as a lawyer, if you wanted to, you could work entirely from home. People don't do it anymore, but they but a lot of people do. And so they're online. They're having an online experience, either online with other lawyers, online with other clients. But like, if if we imagine, if we tried to imagine Aikido in the 21st century, like last century, if you told me someone was just going to watch it and take a class that way, I'd be like, I doubt it. But that, but that's happening, right? I mean, that's a that is an element of the people that are part of the dojo, and it has it has like it's it's different. Like I just like I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just like it, to me, I just find it amazing that that uh, people will primarily attend virtually for so, something. Well, so I guess your cl- your question would be, can you learn Aikido on the internet? Yeah, maybe that's the question. Yes and no. Right. Because remember, it all comes down to the practitioner. Right. 
that practitioner, if they're good enough, can pick it up. Can pick it up and learn and learn it to a certain level. And you think that's bull, right? It's not. In the late nineties. I know the story you're gonna right? tell. Yeah. So for in the mid nineties, Fru Sensei made this nine video series called The Art of Aikido. Right. In the late nineties, we got this videotape in the mail from this kid <laughs> in the Midwest who was asking for instruction and he wanted to someday move to LA and become a Sensei student. So like, you know, we never, it was horrible as we never responded. <laughs> we never responded because you could never just sit down and watch the video all together. Right. So each of us watched this video on our own, but we never came together to talk about it. But when you watch this video, he was doing it. Right. And it was funny because I, I think I've talked about this in another podcast where he's doing the techniques just like Fru Sensei, and he goes, and saying the things that Fru Sensei says, and he goes, and then you move forward, cough. And, and, and it was funny because we were watching it, we're like, cough? And then Sensei said, no, in the video, I coughed. Yeah. And that's how closely the person followed, followed it. it. Right? And he went, wow. And They were really paying attention is kind of what you're saying. Yeah. And then, a couple of years after that, in the early 2000, before, for instance, they died, these, these dudes showed up from the Bahamas. I remember. I was there. I remember that. And they had studied Aikido with Furusensei's videotapes alone. Right. For like a year. For like, yeah, for a while, whatever. And then they showed up and their Aikido wasn't half bad. No, it wasn't. They, have no, they had no real endurance, but their, their Aikido wasn't half bad. And they, they were doing Aikido. Yeah. From first, and the only they they did not have a teacher, right? All they had was the video, right? And you go, whoa, man! So maybe the answer is it's possible. It is, it is, it is possible. It's just highly improbable, right? But the thing is, is that human beings just don't work that way, right? You know, you, Zoom is you could get you could do all your work on Zoom, but you never really develop a relationship with, with these, the people with the person, yeah. And then you also can't see nuances. Uh, the person rolls their eyes or something like that. <sighs> Right, because you didn't catch it on Zoom, it you know, and so those are the things that human beings by nature are social animals. You have to be in the same room. You want to be grabbing somebody. You want to be talking to them face to face. Right. You want to eat eat with them, drink with them face to face. You doing it on Zoom is not the same thing. Right. It's just it's weird. It's like this weird lack of warmth. Like you, like you do it, and then afterwards you turn the thing off. You feel lonely afterwards. Yeah. As opposed to when you leave your friends, you feel, feel jazzed. Jazzed. Yeah. You know, and that's because it's it's not it's not in the you're not in the same room with yeah, them. Yeah, well, I think the comment that you made is really true. Is we are social animals and Aikido is a very social practice because there's it's the unique among martial arts in terms of the way the um you protect the uke, the uke has to take the technique. And like you said, like people like to work with beginners because People don't know how to move yet, so their body's just crumpling or doing whatever it does. Um, but yeah, I mean, Aikido is very, very social. Um, so, but that's the thing, you know, as we kind of finish up here, Aikido in the 21st century still has to have this base, this core of Aikido. Right. But around it, how it's taught, the perspectives, those different things, 
they'll all have to adapt to the times, right? Yeah. Joseph Campbell talks about like the myths of the time and the, or the religions of the time were were successful because they came in during that time. Right. But the myths and religions of today have to have to be tweaked to the people of today. And so when you think about this idea of Aikido, yes, we can all do it like you know Sensei's Day, but some of those things there's no we can't do that. We have right. jobs. I have a mortgage. Those people didn't have jobs, didn't have mortgages. They were hungry, right? Right. So you go there and you think about like, I'm going to do it exactly like Oh Sensei did it. Okay, you're white, you're out. I'm going to do it exactly like Oh Sensei did it. You're poor, you're out. Right. Like, see, like, Oh Sensei has the luxury of not teaching foreigners, right? He has the luxury of not teaching people who are poor, right? right? He has all these luxuries that we just don't have today. Right. So what would Osensei say to LGBTQ people? What would Osensei say to a non-binary person? What would Osensei say to a person with one leg? Right. What would Osensei do? We don't know. So then if we don't know because there's no there are no precedents, right. then we have to we have to make examine, our own rules. Make our own rules. You go, well, a guy with one leg, we'll do what we can. So and then you'll have to come up with a way to teach that person. Which is creative. Yeah. So but the thing is that if we just go away, Aikido must not change. A majority of what we're doing today may not even be Osensei's Aikido. Right. Right? Because Osensei's so far ahead, right? He's running a 100-mile marathon. We're still running a 26.2. Right. Like, he's way ahead of us. But it's our job to train to try to get to that level someday. And we can't get to that level if, if, we, changed, if we changed the core of Aikido. But we do have to change the... We, the outside of Aikido. Like the wrapper. The wrapper and what the things around Aikido have to evolve. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good place to start. I mean, to stop. I'm sorry, to stop. <laughs> well, thank you for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much.